Well, welcome everyone. <clears throat> Thank you for joining us today. Today I sit with a very special friend and mentor and colleague of mine, uh, Bill Bowers. We met about five years ago through John Lewis and other mutual connections, and we've worked together on various projects over the years. Bill has an amazing Jesus story and has done more than a few things for the kingdom in his time following our Lord, and currently he's leading a ministry called Pursuing More. Um, Bill and I decided to partner up on a series, on this particular podcast series, that I've decided to call The Fully Devoted Bride of Christ. And if you've listened to the intro series that John and I have done on the Discipleship Reframed, you'll see a little bit of an overlap here. The Discipleship Reframed really comes after you have made the full decision to surrender your life and will over to Jesus. This series, this particular one, is really a discussion on that surrender, a surrender which helps us become the fully devoted bride of Christ. And today we just want to focus on the current state of affairs of where the church is, like where are we? And Bill and I would love to have you join us in our discussion today. Well, good morning, Bill. It has been and continues to be good morning. We're in the afternoon now. Good afternoon, yeah, Bill. It, it has feels, been. <laughs> it feels like it feels like morning. Uh, it continues to be an honor and a pleasure to work with you. Um, and for all of us, why don't you bring us up to speed a little bit on this idea of shifting the focus? That's what you've been kind of doing over the last year and a half before you started pursuing more. It kind of led to that, um, and even to this podcast series. So why don't you give us a little background on what that was? Yeah, you bet. Well, first of all, it's great to be here this morning and to be with you and to be talking about the kingdom of God. And the bride of Christ and our current situation here in uh, almost, well, it's October of 2020. So right. here we are. So yeah, sifting the focus. And that's actually been three years ago that we started this conversation with local pastors in the Puyallup area here. About 32 pastors kind of been through these discussions and process of like, what are we really trying to do in the church? Are we really trying to help people become fully devoted followers of Christ? Or are we doing something a little less than that that we affectionately call our American cultural Christianity? Kind of this idea, you know, life's about you, God loves you, and he wants to have a good life, and you find a place to be comfortable in that, and next thing you know, you're complacent in that. And Mm. and just the difference between really um, this idea of inviting God into your life or giving your life to God to further his kingdom. And so so we've been wrestling with that for about three years uh, with local pastors and churches and trying to figure out what can we do to get out of kind of the consumer-based industry of American Christianity and really help people experience this life-transforming relationship with God and then to live that out in such a way that the world will know that indeed Jesus is who he said he was. So mm-hmm. so that's we've been working on that and that's kind of led to a few different things. One of the things is recognizing maybe to what degree people aren't aware of what really God has for them in their personal relationship, their personal transformation, and then the disciple lifestyle, living that out. Mm, yeah. So like you said, you've been working on it for the last uh, three years now. There was a burden in you to have this discussion with the, the leaders. Um, and that burden's been on you for a while, but how has that burden almost been intensified over the last six to eight months as COVID um, has hit us? What has it revealed in the sense of what you were working on? And shifting the focus, yeah, or more deeply, <clears throat> right? Yeah. Well, I think this year has revealed a lot, and I think "reveal" is a good word. "Expose" might be a good word. It's kind of you know showing us some things that were maybe there the whole time, but we weren't really seeing it or recognizing it. And I think as we look at the church and look at a few different elements of it, one is looking at 
members of our churches and kind of seeing what's going on in their lives over these last eight months as these, you know, unique circumstances have come, hard circumstances. And, you know, the idea that we're being pressed and when we're pressed, what's inside comes out. Um, And what we're seeing come out of folks is not necessarily the fruits of the spirit. And so it's kind of made us aware that, you know, there's a lot of folks that have been um, in church and involved in church, but, you know, has that transformation really happened? And is the fruit of the Spirit coming out of their lives, or is it the same thing we see in the rest of the world? You know, the anger, the frustration, the anxiety, the bitterness, the worry, you know, all of that stuff. And I think that's been really uh, kind of a aha or oh no um, to many local pastors to see that this kind of stuff is is going on within our folks, that they're really not experiencing the peace and joy and freedom that Jesus promised. And uh, I think it's a you know, calls for, calls for a question. <laughs> you know, what's been going on? I think as we talk about shifting, it's like, yeah, that's kind of what we were talking about is were people really experiencing a transformative life and relationship with God or were they just experiencing, you know, some some nicer circumstances by hanging out with nice people, living good principles, um, you know, and life is better. But there's still, you know, a bit of a emptiness and brokenness inside. And I think we're seeing some of that come out now. Yeah. How would you, I mean, is there a way that you can paint, a, uh, I guess, a more finer picture about what is being revealed in the, as far as it relates to the church's witness in this sense? I mean, we're seeing um, a very a strain inside the church as it relates to leaders and congregants, but what is that as far as it relates to a witness that what's being revealed, how is that impacting the world? Yeah, well, yeah, that's... Yeah, I think there's three pieces. One is what we're seeing in folks that are in our churches, you know, and they've been um, maybe attending but not changing, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Because transformation isn't necessarily a requirement in our American cultural Christianity. We kind of have this message: you can be just like you were before, but now you get to go to heaven. Which, again, not biblical, but it you know, works, <laughs> or or it sells. Maybe is a better <laughs> word for that. But anyway. Um, So there's that going on, and then I think the the other thing that's revealing, and we'll talk more about this maybe in the second uh, part of the series, is, you know, what it's revealing about about the church, you know, about our own leadership and what's been going on there. You know, have we really been discipling these people? How has this person been in my church for 10 years and not been transformed? You know, um, so, and I know that's what a lot of what you guys deal with is the discipleship, you know, path and how do we actually make disciples. And, you know, one of the things I've said for years with pastors is sometimes we're trying to make disciples out of people who never decided to follow Christ. Mm. We never really asked them if they wanted to follow Christ. We asked them if they wanted God in their life, which who doesn't, right? Right, right. <laughs> but, you know, to actually follow him is a whole different story. So, so anyway, so it's revealing some things within the church and our own, you know, abilities or lack of ability of bringing people to a transformational life. Um, but then the third piece, yeah, is what you're talking about is the witness to the world. So right now that to me is a, brings a real heavy heart when you think about what is the world seeing when they look at the church right now. You know, are they seeing the love, the joy, the peace, the freedom, all those things that, you know, Jesus said would be the testimony of his church? Or are they seeing people who are, again, just as angry, bitter, selfish, scared, mean as they are, sometimes meaner in the world's terms? Right now, a lot of things are seeing, you know, with our political situation and all that going on. I mean, they're they're looking and saying, those those folks are not nice, and they're very judgmental. And, and so I'm really concerned about the witness of the church um, and how the world sees us and whether or not the world is going to come knocking on the church door looking for the answers during these hard times or if they're going to go elsewhere. Yeah. And 
I mean, this is a we're painting a very honest picture here, and I think honesty is definitely needed in this time to really assess and where we you know where we are as a church, and this is the current state of affairs. But but what would you say would be the hope? Um, God obviously doesn't waste a single moment in our lives, and I believe this is a crucial time for the church, and we could see a massed harvest. But what did God say the body could look like, could function like, should function like? Well, I mean, yeah, obviously, I think throughout Scripture, throughout the New Testament, there's there's great, um, you know, outlines of what the body could look like. I just think of Ephesians 4 is kind of one of my favorite chapters you look at, and just in, and Paul lays out there what the body of Christ could look like, and that, and that it's the body working together, the many different pieces coming together and growing and being built up until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So it paints this picture of maturing. Right and growing and becoming more and more Christ-like, and then he goes on to say, then they will no longer be infants tossed back and forth to and fro, right, blown here and there by every wind of teaching, and so you know, again, God has a plan for us to grow up and to experience more of Him and to become mature um, and to be that example that He's called us to be, and so you know, I think I think the model's there. I think you know when we look at what's going on today. You know, we have to confess some of that's hard, right? It says speaking the truth and love to one another. And some of that stuff's not easy. And so I think, unfortunately, over the decades, we've chosen kind of the lowest common denominator of here. We can come, we can get along. We all believe we're going to heaven. Um, but there's not a, you know, one of the things I say is there's not an expectancy uh, that I'm going to mature and grow. And there's no consequence if I don't, <laughs> right? right? You know, one of the things I say is like, no one's going to kick you out of the church for being a carnal Christian. You know, but yeah. to be a carnal Christian yeah. for 30 years is, I don't think that's biblical. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's unfortunate. I think we've settled for a lot less than what God has for us as the body. Yeah. I mean, even just to go over that scripture and to continue meditating on it and realize to not be tossed to and fro, especially in a world that is trying to pick sides and throw all right. sorts of information and disinformation. You know, and I just want to say, I mean, this isn't about quoting scripture. We've seen pockets um, of churches operating like this all over the world. I mean, right. you, yeah, a part of your um, boldness for starting pursuing more was this idea of seeing, you know, kind of a, uh, a demonstration of right. you know, the realness sure. of of the way this goes. So we know that it's possible and mm-hmm. it's real, right? right. And Jesus gave his spirit for us to do these types of mm-hmm. things and to to pursue the fullness of this. And I, I do believe he wants to see a victorious victorious bride in this. And Bill, I just I thank you so much for for sharing your heart um, with us. And we can't figure out where to go until we know you know where we are. Bill, is there anything else that you'd like to share with us around this kind of idea of the current state of affairs for right. the church and um, right. Well, I think I think what you just said. I think it starts with being aware and honest about where we are, and I think we are starting to do that. I know some folks are doing that. I know some folks are resisting. I was talking to a pastor last week, and it's like, yeah, it looks like God is doing this pruning. He's trying to humble us. He's trying to get us to confess. That, you know this, but we're fighting it, <laughs> and and I think you know we would do well to quit fighting it. And to just allow God to humble us and show us these things. So I think, you know, some good time of honest awareness, assessment, and prayer. And and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal things to us. I don't think all has been revealed. I think there's probably more that's going to be revealed. Uh, We had a conversation a couple weeks ago with one of the pastors. He said, you know, back in February we were praying 
God, show us what we need to repent of. And I thought, oh my goodness, right? Like, <laughs> here, here we go. You know, God just keeps peeling back the layers. And I, I, that's my prayer for us now. So let's be honest and see what's going on and allow God to reveal to us, bring conviction if we need conviction, repentance, and, and the invitation uh, to be renewed and to be the bride that he's called us to be. Again, that's a great hope, right? He called the bride to be the bride. He doesn't want us to not be the bride either, yeah. right? And so let's just accept what's going on, embrace the process, and allow him to bring uh, the transformation and the freedom. Yeah, yeah. Well, in the coming episodes, we'll explore some of the causes of how we got here. Um, a little bit about these challenges of why, about why we're fighting the repentance, perhaps. Um, but like it, Bill has been saying, honesty and humility are our best ways forward. To take an honest look at our assumptions and the sacred cows, and to ask, is God asking us to let go of things? What is it we need to repent of? Join Bill and I next time as we discuss why the Bride of Christ as a whole isn't fully devoted and how we got there. Until next time, love hard, pray without ceasing, and never stop expanding his kingdom. Amen. <laughs>